1980s. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Let's take a look. Young Nostalgia is back for another fabulous week of podcasting. Episode 101 coming off the hype train of episode 100. We hope that you enjoyed it (laughs) as much as we enjoyed recording it. That baby was such a blast. Emily is an amazing guest. We can't wait to have her on. Ben, how are you feeling right now as we have three numbers in the title? We're in the triple. What is that? We're in the triple digits. Uh, Right. Just like the, the title of episode 100, we made it. We made it. It's nuts. Never thought this day would would occur. To be honest, that's a, that's a lie. I, that's a lie. I, I got to give us more credit. We love seeing each other. We love talking. So, hell yeah, we made it. I think it's whoever. I think it's kind of doubted us can just get out. <laughs> I'm still kind of laughing at your uh, your hype train reference. The hype train reference. Why? What's wrong with that? No, there's nothing wrong with that. I just think it's it was it's funny. That's a uh, very. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just, I found it funny. You're, uh, I think of 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 all of all shows. I think uh, of all podcasts. I should say. I think uh, we're fairly subdued, not very outlandish or anything like that. It seems it was funny because it, it it's not like we're very like. I wouldn't say not high energy, but we're not definitely screaming in their face like... Yeah, we're not like... It's not like an Alex Jones kind of show or something. Right, right. We didn't chug just a 24-ounce liter of (laughs) (laughs) pre-workout. Talk about Jim, though. Anyway, before we get into episode 101, so I had... I had... Oh, my God. So I woke up early. Usually... The best time for me, just because a lot, I have a lot going on, usually in the evenings or late afternoons after work, uh, I usually always go to the gym early morning. Like I'm saying, I get up at like 5.30 and then, well, I get up and then hopefully at the gym by 5.30 in the morning. So Ugh. no better wake up call than when I get into the gym and we've usually always been washing our hands like before and after. So before we start doing everything, wash our hands, make sure everything's good to go. But I walk in and then there's just this... 55 plus year old man butt ass naked taking a taking a taking a piss in the urinal i turn around the corner and i'm like oh dear god like and i'm like you know i also have to go to the bathroom and i'm like what in the world and then the best thing is i walk up like i am going to the other urinal and then that's right when he turns around i'm like out of all the moments that you had to be here doing this and i'm it, it threw me off. It threw me for a loop. For first, a first thing in the morning when I'm sure, you know, I don't know what kind of gym you go to, but, I, you know, it could either, it very likely is normally fairly dead in the mornings. Right. And uh, you just immediately walk into that. That Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> happy Monday. That's what I've been dealing. <laughs> so. Uh, that makes me very happy that that's how you started the day. <laughs> I like that you gra- that you grab happiness out of my own despair. <laughs> I don't know. I was pretty happy about your uh, uh, car wash story a while back too. Oh, that one that's made me true. happy as so, well. This is another one for the books, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Episode one hundred and one. We're going to be taking a quick dive throughout the nineteen eighties. That decade, everything to do with monetary values as well as influential moments uh, throughout that. So it's going to be a pretty laid back, chill evening here with us at Young Nostalgia. So what do you think, big guy? Should we get into it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Nineteen eighty in a nutshell. So why don't you kick us off, give us some baseline numbers on what it felt like to live in the nineteen eighties. Okay, so just like we did some of the other nutshell uh shows, I believe we started in the fifties and we've been working our way up. So in 1980, uh, one hundred well, $100 in 1980 is roughly equivalent to about $335 in the year 2020. That's crazy, dude. I'm sorry, but each time we talk about that, the inflation and everything that comes along with it, I'm like, I'm blown away each time. I mean, obviously, it's going to get more and more as the decades go on, but it's like, What? I would be a freaking millionaire at this point if I had a hundred dollars. 
And you know, that's something I was thinking about when I was kind of digging through some of these notes was that, I mean, that that's a huge difference for anybody, but I'm kind of, I was kind of looking at it. I was kind of trying to do like an outsider looking into our perspective as 25 year olds in 2020, mm-hmm. not like we didn't, we didn't live through that uh, inflation over time, you know? Right, so it's like, right. we never saw the prices for homes. We never saw the, you know, we didn't have a, a job back then to get a feel for the average income. You know, we weren't mm-hmm. buying gas. Um, and so I think that makes it look even crazier to us just to think, just to look back and look at the actual numbers without having lived through it and kind of worked up through the years as things gradually got more expensive and your pay gradually went up. Right. It's, it's, it's just the fact that everything changes at the same rate, sort of, kind of. So normal just changes and that's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for the most part, it deviates a little bit. There's, you know, uh, wages can follow cost of living and cost of living can follow wages and there's debate back and forth whether it one follows the <laughs> let's other let's do it and let's start it <laughs> i don't think we're i don't think we're economically educated enough to have that discussion <laughs> um i don't even know where i was going with that my bad dude no it's okay <laughs> no no i think <laughs> All I was saying was, uh, if you're if you're living it going through and and it's like you were saying it's always the norm and the norm is just going up. You know, you make this much more, but you have to spend this much more to live. Then I would feel like you don't notice it quite as much as if we just straight look at the numbers and like, holy cow, you know, that's a two hundred percent increase. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, anyway, enough of that. Uh, <laughs> So going a little bit more into some real world pricing. So uh, in the year 1980, average cost of a brand new house was about $79,000. By the end of the the 1980s, uh, average cost of a home was around $120,000, which is a substantial increase. Mm -hmm. Uh, Definitely... Uh, looking through the rest of the numbers that we're going to talk about, that is by far the greatest increase over the average cost of any goods or items. So, 1980, the average income per year was around $19,000, $20,000. Um, and then, once again, by the end of the decade, we were up to $27,000. Uh, this one is a little bit interesting. I highlighted it because we I, I wanted to make sure we talked about it in 1980 a gallon of gas was a dollar and 19 cents but by the end of the decade the average cost of the same gallon of fuel was 97 cents so it actually dropped on this one wow that's crazy mm-hmm. and i did i didn't do a ton of looking around there's this is a rabbit hole that we could have gone down and made a whole series mm-hmm. of shows about um but you know there's uh, scarcity in the market in the seventies. And, and by the time the eighties rolled around, it was the demand and supply supply and demand was kind of leveling back out, which is why it was going down, even though, uh, you know, the year to year inflation was, you know, should have been taking it up just like everything else was. Um, right. So it was already on a downward slide going into this time period. So that's kind of why we saw it going down. But it is kind of odd, uh, you know, looking back down through down a whole list of 1980 versus 1989 numbers to see one where it actually goes down. It kind of throws you off a little bit. Right. And then you also have to think of like kind of the the ending or the bringing to the end of like the Cold War kind of thing, the influence mm-hmm. overseas. Yeah, oh, yeah. So many different variables that go into that. I mean, we, in the 70s, we had... We're looking at the oil crisis and all that stuff where it was really high anyway. And we're so we're sliding down from that. And then there's international right. relations that we're making stuff tricky as well. Um, right. And then my brother, my brother was born in 88. So that really tanked it. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody. Oh, boy. Here we go. Right. <laughs> 
the uh, world shifted. All right, so bringing up the rear on these these numbers, we have in 1980 the average cost of a new car was seven thousand dollars, and by 1989 it was up to fifteen thousand dollars. And it's crazy because out of all the other decades, which is understandable, nothing seemed normal from the beginning to the end. But now within the 1980s decade, if you look at these numbers by the end of the decade, I'm like, those are normal numbers that we see today. You know, Mm -hmm. like a lot of new cars you could get for 15 grand, you know. There are plenty out there that you could get for 15 grand new Mm -hmm. houses. There's a lot of single family small homes for 120 grand Mm -hmm. that you can get a home for. It's kind of crazy to to see how normal the end of the decade actually looks. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely uh, recognizable numbers towards the end. I also have... Uh, episode 91, which was the ni- uh, 1970 in a nutshell. I have the notes pulled up here just to Ooh. do a little bit of a comparison. Um, and, you know, if we look, you we so just good, take man. the average cost of a new car. Uh, in 1970, it was down to uh, about $3,900 was the average cost for a new car. And it only bumped wow. up to about $5,700 by the end of the decade. Interesting. Yeah, see, that's crazy. And just so, looking across the board, everything. I mean, uh, income per year, uh, cost of a new house, really only kind of bumped up a few thousand here and there throughout the 70s. And then we get to the 80s, and we're seeing pretty much a a very rough 100% increase across the board. Right. And I love the 80s. Like, if I could go back and relive or be a part of something, it'd be the 1980s. But it looks like the 1980s were only good for screwing us and Huey Lewis in the news. But <laughs> uh, Huey would make it all better. Right. Right. Everything's worth it for sports. Uh, okay. So I was thinking it would be cool if we kind of split it up by half decade, right? So I'll take the first five years, you'll take the last five years, and then we can talk about it that way. Let's do it. All right, so kicking off, 1980, John Lennon shot and killed. Wow, really led with probably the worst thing that happened. Some of these, could some of the years, as I was putting these together, I, some of the years were kind of bummers. Yeah, uh, not a ton going on that was that was light and happy in some of these years, and it was kind of hard to find some stuff that wasn't super depressing. Damn, I know that was just like I wasn't a part of it, but it was it's kind of weird and ironic that we're talking about it because just a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to my boss at the radio station and we were just talking about um, his experience living through John Lennon getting shot. Um, he said like he bawled for days, you know, um, it was just something that was so earth shattering because he was such an influential figure, both, you know, in in. Uh, ways of thinking as well as just music you know i mean it's crazy yeah so and and it's you know it's not i gotta be careful how i say it i don't want to put his death necessarily above anyone else but it's the way that it happened is something you don't see very often like mm-hmm. with that type of figure, like with a celebrity, you know what I mean? Right. You know, right. that the way he was shot and killed, that's more, you really only see that happen with like political figures, uh, you know, political assassination. Um, right. You don't really see that with either music personalities or uh, like Hollywood or anything like that, um, mm-hmm. which makes it that much more kind of shocking, I would think, that, you know, something crazy like that would happen to someone like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I think that's why people felt so hurt by it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. But on the other hand, Pac-Man was released in 1980 as well. And uh, I, I did notice, I really love that you did this. So down here is a side note for <laughs> arcade game. So the arcade game Pac-Man was actually named Puck-Man, which I'm sure a lot of people um, or, or who follow retro games actually knew that. But the name was changed to prevent vandals from changing the P to an F in arcades. So it would say... Yeah, yep. I think we would all know so, what it would say. Right, but I absolutely love Pac-Man. I mean, it's Pac-Man is just the freaking best. It is. I love Pac-Man. I'm just... 
Like, it's super obvious that it would be vandalized everywhere. Right. I'm just wondering who the idiot was who came up with the name that it didn't... It didn't cross their mind that people would do that. Even if they don't right. vandalize and and write on the side of cabinets, that's what it's going to be called. Like everybody's mm-hmm. going to call it that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's like that's the first thing that comes to mind. Right. It's not going to be like, oh yeah, you ever played Tuck Man? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, Luck Man, duck, Luck Man, Duck Man. Yeah, Duck Man. <laughs> No, that's what happens when you try to say the F word and then the iPhone corrects you. Oh, that's true. Yes. <laughs> that happens way too often. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, that's good. Um, okay, 1981, the cable network MTV, or music television, was launched. And uh, those were those were the days, man. Those were the mean, days I when they actually up, played right, music. Music on MTV. Right. Music on MTV. Can you imagine? Not this, like, my sweet 16 where everybody gets freaking Lambos and I'm still driving, like, a 1999 Mercury Mystique. Oh, I forgot about the Mystique. <laughs> do you remember that? Do you remember the I Mystique? I do remember that. You know what? That that wasn't... Uh, we're getting super sidetracked. That was an interesting car. You don't see those. Not very often. I, I mean, it's obviously not a car that catches my eye a lot, right. but... I don't remember ever seeing one that wasn't yours. Right. It, it's kind of like it was the, um, hey, let's let's put a higher price tag on this and put the Mercury symbol on it, Taurus. Like they took the Ford Taurus of the 1990s and said, hey, we can make this uh, the poor man's luxury car and make it Mercury and put leather seats in there. And yeah. there you go. Then now you but have a mystique. That was smaller than a, a Taurus, wasn't it? That thing was like like four door Civic sized, wasn't it? No, was it, it definitely had that? some beef behind? It. Yeah, it had some beef behind it. Let's put some air quotes on that, right? Beef, beef. beef. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I guess you drove the car. You would know better than me. But uh, zero to sixty in at least fifteen seconds. <laughs> you time it with a calendar. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Day one, you cross that puppy off. <laughs> Uh, the Mercury Mystique. Yeah, I forgot about that, baby. Those are the freaking days, man. <laughs> uh, okay, in 1982. Uh, hey, if you got a funny story about your very first car, give us an email at youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, 1982, Disney World opens the Epcot, the Experimental Community of Tomorrow Park. Japan, begin- oh, sorry, that that's one point. Okay, we're going to move on to yep. the next one. Ep- Epcot is an amazing place. It's really cool. Um, uh, which is which is neat. I like I, I went to Epcot for the first time. Oh, shoot. It had to have been like five, six years now. But uh, the, like, so the big ball is actually a ride and you can go in it. And I think Judy Dench actually narrates the ride. And I was like really surprised by that. And I thought that was really cool. Oh, really? Yeah, I felt like I was I, in a James Bond film. I have never... I wouldn't have any idea about any of the Disney stuff. <laughs> it's okay. They're reopening, so you can go back. No, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need to take out a loan world. for vacation. Right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I just write IOU stickers and put it on Walt Disney's door. Uh, Japan yeah. begins selling... <laughs> Japan begins selling the first CD players in 1982. That's really cool. It is, and that seems... That seems really early. Mm-hmm. I mean, I realized that during this time period, a lot of personal device technology was kind of moving west to east. That was kind of the norm. Right. But yeah, that seems odd. I mean, I remember, uh, I remember I was really, really young. I still had, I had a Walkman with cassettes and I was playing cassettes on the stereo and right. like, see, I remember when CDs were starting to get big. I mean, they'd already, I mean, growing up the, you know, I can always remember there was a time when CDs were around, but they weren't really a mm-hmm. big thing. And I remember when they started getting big and that was like the normal format to have. 
Um, right. Like, like I remember still going on car trips and like in the, in the car, like compartment and holders, they were cassette tapes. Like that's what we'd listen to was cassettes in the car. Yeah. My dad had this whole big zipper pack that had, was like a cassette case. It was, I don't know, probably hold, oh. it probably held like 25 or 30 cassettes. It had a big zipper lid on the top and yes. they just stayed in the truck. And that was, if, if you didn't want to listen to the radio, that's what you had. You know? Is it weird? Because I'm pretty sure like every family has had that. Because I think I remember that too. And it kind of zipped up on the top. You'd open it and there was like a plastic thing in the middle. Yeah. Like yeah. inside with slots. Yep. All of these cassettes in a row. Yep. And they held the individual cassette cases with like the album covers and stuff on them. Yep. Yep. You always had a weird smell in those things, but got to love them. Yeah. And that was, that would have been, uh, I mean, at, at the time, I mean, by the time I was able to remember anything, my parents were still driving like 90s cars and there was mm-hmm. nothing but cassette players. There was not a CD right. player in any of them. Right. I think we had like like a 1990s Honda Odyssey. Yeah, I'm sure there wasn't a CD player to be found. <laughs> <laughs> Except we got the portable ones that I'd always make the mistake of putting it on the seat. So every time we hit the bump. I'd go back to the beginning of the CD because the laser would just get messed up. Ah, no, you had to have the anti-skip one. Uh, I got it at a garage sale and I was like the happiest kid ever. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, (laughs) at a garage sale, beggars can't be choosers. Right, I still remember that day. That was the best. It was silver with a little window on top so I could see it spinning. Oh, nice. That was the one to have. Mm -hmm. I I think the one I had, I didn't get a CD player right away, so I skipped past the whole skipping cd thing i went right to like the 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 it was marketed for like joggers and stuff so it wouldn't skip uh but it was a pain because basically what it's doing is it's it's more robust on the inside anyway but it also is it's buff it's what we would call buffering nowadays it would read the cd and then store it in like memory oh so it was always it was always reading like a minute and a half or whatever before where you're actually listening to. And so it just created a buffer zone between what was playing and what was being read. And okay. So when, I guess the point I was trying to make was when you first turn it on, it takes a little while to start playing anything because it builds up that buffer. <laughs> I love it. Which was I a little it. bit annoying. So like if you have Spectrum Internet and you're waiting for Netflix to load, that's like how your CD player was? Yeah, so anyone who yeah, anyone out there in that situation knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Armstrong for it. the win. Uh, right. <laughs> 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 All right, last point here of 1982, late rock and roll star Elvis Presley's home, Graceland, is open to the public as an attraction, kind of like a museum. It's kind of cool. I remember my dad actually has uh you know, remember those uh Puzz 3Ds? They're like the 3D foam puzzles that you get and you can put them together and they're like iconic buildings and things in the world. No, I have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. My dad was huge into this and then I always remembered like helping him out, but they're like replicas of famous stuff. Like well, he has like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. We have like the Titanic. He has different castles throughout Europe. And then we also have Elvis's uh, mansion uh, Graceland. So I don't think the company itself makes these anymore, but it was called Puzz 3D for short, short for like puzzle. But it came in just these huge styrofoam sheets. And so you'd punch out the, the puzzles and stuff, but it made a 3D puzzle with like pretty high quality printed paper on one side. So you would get a 3D image of a puzzle this foam puzzle with with a complete ground and then it built this up and then you can display it like is it like, like my dad was big into those are they okay i might know what you're talking about were they kind of like real thin like almost like poster board thin uh i don't think they were exactly real thin they definitely had like maybe i, I should know, just like search 3d yeah we just search, listen to, let all the audience listen to my super loud keyboard i was i was about to say maybe i should type it but you already go nope, too late <laughs> puzz puzz oh. you know i should have we could have cut out the last five minutes because uh as soon as i looked it up i knew exactly what you were talking about okay yeah oh it's here's like one the millennium stuff. falcon oh no way how much is it oh i don't know it's i think it's just a picture of it. it's from geekyhobbies.com 
Ooh, if you find it, I'll give you my credit card Amazon. information oh, over the podcast. Amazon. Here we go. Here's an Amazon link. How much? Holy cow, $160. Wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. Let me guess. Oh, oh okay. Oh, sorry. Wow, you took all the fun out of that. All right, well, here's an R2-D2 one. Uh, what's the price okay. on that? R2-D2. Well, it's... Uh, okay, well, can I ask some clarifying questions quick? Is it like 20 questions? So, well... It's <laughs> uh, an so animal... What, animal? What is, what, <laughs> does it make any noise? Is it larger than a bread box? Right. <laughs> uh no what what are like the dimensions compared to the millennium falcon oh gosh i never actually clicked on the link i just read the price rip we Mm. we were not prepared for this it mm. all right i'll say it appears to be larger but less complicated interesting all right so the falcon was 60 bucks brand new 60 bucks brand new uh no no it was 160 bucks Oh, 160 bucks. Okay, well, I'm saying R2-D2 is probably 230 No, 105 Cheaper. Oh, worth it. Worth it. Maybe you can get a bundle. Uh, that'd be kind of cool. These look kind of yeah, like they're... Cool. I don't think they... These are new. I think, I think one of the reasons these are so expensive because these are like new, still sealed in the box from... Whenever they were popular. No way. I I want one. I want one open, used, and put together, shipped to me. So that so you literally want all of the fun parts of it taken out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you want someone just to go ahead and take away all right. of the fun activities and, to it. And and my and my plan is to complain if it falls apart during shipping. So I get, get my your money, money back. back. Yeah. <laughs> now that might be genius, actually. Okay, cool. Don't take that from me. All right, let's move on. Uh, what, what were we on? 1983. I have this no idea. I love it. I'm pretty sure 1983. Motorola introduces the first mobile phones to the United States in 1983. Microsoft releases Word, their word processing program. I'm sure also with that freaking Clippy or whatever the hell is. Oh, name my is God. One of the most annoying, terrible pieces of software ever created no no actually it was not it, we'll find that out later in the show but okay. <laughs> no clippy was not part of this okay i remember talking about clippy on the show at some point or like we had an episode where somehow we got on the hot box of clippy um uh, you remember that i remember that i remember talking about it i don't remember why we were okay. talking about it oh it, okay. was, it was we were talking about windows 95 oh that's right that's right okay uh th- this is just like this is what happens after 100 episodes. We just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. We care. If All anything, right, I feel uh, like we care more. Right. Yeah, I think we you're gotta right. We got to protect the legacy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh <laughs> That's why we're laying it on pretty thick in terms of what you're used to here at Young Nostalgia. We've had Young Nostalgia. We're half hour in with zero content. <laughs> <laughs> Also in 1983, the Swiss company Swatch introduces their watches and they become a fashion craze. I mean, that 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 label is just, it, 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 it signifies quality, you know, like the Swiss logo. You know, I, I don't know how big of a fashion craze it really was because I've never heard of it. Never even heard you of Swatch. Heard. What? It's like, you know, the, you know, the logos, the, the logos, right? Can't tell if you're BSing me right now. What do you mean? Like you've heard of Swatch, you know it's Swat like the Swiss yeah. Swatch company. Yes. Really? Look, yes. It's like it's like the little like health symbol, like you know, like that. And you see them on backpacks, you see them on uh, everything. Oh. Okay, 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 okay. Oh, all right, I feel a little bit dumb. <clears throat> okay, we're gonna move on. Nineteen. No, 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 no. I need to explain myself. <laughs> Okay, all right. When it said the Swiss company Swatch. Yeah, no, I think I'm right. I don't think this is the... Is it the company's name is Swiss or are they from Switzerland and the company name is Swatch? No, the the company name is Swiss and like Swatch was like... All right, you're going to hear me clickety-clack again. Swatch, watch, Swatch, watch, 1980s, Swiss... Swatch United States official website. There is nothing. 
Oh, okay. Well, it has the Swiss logo, but it's not Swiss. Right. Right. Swiss Swiss, Swiss made, you know. Hmm. It's 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 a subsidiary of it. Are you making that up? Yeah. Look, if you if you literally so, on the yes, Swatch website. No, if you're on the Swatch website. Yes. You're going to see the logo of Swiss up top. Well, it's also Bam. the flag of their country, too. Well, that's the logo of Swiss, though. Like, Swiss... Because even at the bottom, it says Swiss made. Company. Swatch. Swiss, Swiss made companies. since 1983. Swiss. The largest non-financial companies in terms of... Okay, well, well, maybe they call themselves the Swiss... Maybe the SWAT. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Swiss. These are kind of cool. Swatches, Swiss, Swiss. Yeah, they are cool. I'm kind of liking these like watches it. at the top of their homepage. Can we get like a, an endorsement from Swatch? Indeed. Kind of want one. Check them out. They're if you clear. buy one, let us know. Young Young Nostalgia at uh, G, Young Nostalgia Pod at Gmail dot com. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with us? All right, 1984, <laughs> India's Prime Minister uh, Indira Gandhi is assassinated. That's kind of a rough time as well. MTV begins the Video Music Awards with the VMAs four years after its launch. All right, finishing up 1985, the iconic Route oh, hold 66. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Oh, no, oh, no, 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 oh, no, no, this is good, this is good. Okay. I don't know how I missed it, but... I'm sorry, we got to back up to 1983. Motorola introduces the first mobile phone in the United States in 1983. Right. Uh, if we look at, I'm not, I have no idea how I missed this. The, in early 1980s, we have uh, the first hands free operating car phone. Uh, ooh. At a price of. Seven hundred and eighty-eight dollars. In in nineteen eighty dollars, yes. Oh, nineteen eighty dollars. Okay. Wow. Yes. That, That's crazy. I I can't. I cannot wrap my head around paying almost eight hundred dollars to have a car phone. Right. Is is that? Do you think that's like a third party car phone kind of a thing, or do you think you can you can buy a car with that bundled in? Uh, I'm, there, I would there imagine had to it's been. both. Right. There, there, there would have had to been deals. I and I'd upsell. I'd upsell so hard. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Like, well, look, I mean, you can get the phone in the same color your car is. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could go either way. There's a lot of things that... Uh, seems like there's a lot of options that cost more to have them added than it does add to the price of the vehicle to buy it new. Ah, Okay. But that being said, it's all, I mean, it's wrapped into a vehicle that's overpriced anyway. Right, right. <laughs> anyway, that's all I had. I just remembered that we forgot <laughs> that, and I thought it was fun. Okay. No, that was fun. I appreciate you, man. You're the best. Uh, 1985, the iconic Route 66 is removed from the highway system in the United States. Uh, interesting. In what many consider one of the worst marketing movies, Coca-Cola introduced New Coke. Not marketing movies, marketing moves. They introduced new Coke and were forced to return the old formula only months later due to the actual backlash, which is amazing. Didn't we talk about this not that long ago where... I think you're right. I think it was... Was it... Who did it first? Was it the Pepsi? Did Pepsi change first? They did... I think it was had something to do with the Crystal Pepsi. Mm-hmm. And I don't right. remember was, which one was first, but the other one supposedly changed knowing that it was bad. I think it was Coke that did it in response to Pepsi. They changed right. it knowing that it was bad, and it was a product association thing. No, 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 no. It was Tab. Yep. Was it Tab? Yep. I I'm think, getting all confused I, now. But but I, I you're I think you're down the right track. I can't remember exactly. But only, only like the monopoly companies of Pepsi and Coke can do this and still be okay. You know what I mean? Right. Like, isn't that nuts? Yeah, I think it was something like Tab or something. It was one of those smaller companies that's owned by the big two. Mm -hmm. And what they did was they basically sacrificed that smaller company 
to make the other one to ruin the other one's marketing scheme. Right. So I think they did like tab clear or something like that. And right. Uh, and it was they did it knowing that it was not going to be good, but it was a product uh, pr- brand association. That's what I was looking for. Yep. And people see that it was bad and I'm like, oh, I don't want to try that Pepsi crap and, right. <laughs> uh, to ruin their marketing, which I mean, right. pep- Pepsi is worthless anyway, but. Yeah. Ooh, shots fired. Yes. I mean, I'm a Coke guy as well. But. Good. Good. I'm good. <laughs> we can still podcast Those together. Pepsi drinkers. <laughs> if you're if you're pe- oh, wow as he spills pepsi all over his <laughs> desk uh if if you're if you're a pepsi drinker give us an email at young pod at gmail.com uh and then we'll just delete it the first version of microsoft <laughs> windows <laughs> the the first version of microsoft windows is released in 1985 and the wreck of the titanic is actually discovered bam Mic drop. <laughs> so I don't think it was actually until closer to the 90s when we we first saw the Clippy like we were talking about. But I knew okay. that Clippy wasn't when Word came out because there actually wasn't Windows yet. That was Word. That's right. Word processors were a thing before basically operating systems were a thing. So that was mm-hmm. still DOS based. Okay. Like, that's right. That's right. If I guess for people out there who work in with command prompt on their computer at all. Uh, that's pretty much all you had. <laughs> that was the operating system back in the right. day. That was Facebook. Well, well <laughs> yes. <laughs> dumb, dumb joke. All right, what's up, big guy? Take us through the rest of the 1980s. All right, so moving into 1986, the obvious big one here is we have uh, the Chernobyl nuclear reactor explodes in the Soviet Union. Which is nuts because they're still like feeling the effect of that to this day. Yeah. Oh, the there's areas still closed off. Uh, I actually we watched the uh, Chernobyl series a while back. Um, which uh, it was it was a really good TV show. Just throwing it out there. I have heard in after watching it, I have heard that it wasn't super accurate. I guess in like. I mean, I think historically it was accurate, but like character wise and it, it wasn't like the direct documentary that it was supposed to be. It was uh, not following characters exactly. And the timeline, I think, was adjusted a little bit to uh, make it more conducive for television. Interesting. But nonetheless, it was uh, it was good. But anyway. um, Yeah, I mean, it's there's. After we watched that, I started doing a little bit of research, just, you know, light reading on it. And uh, it's amazing. I mean, there's this big, the the big uh, in, uh, containment building that they built around the whole facility uh, mm-hmm. is pretty amazing. And I think they're actually going to, relatively soon, I think it's starting to collapse a little bit. I think they're working on, they have to, like, very carefully tear it down section by section and rebuild it. Interesting. Um, which is interesting because uh, the first time they put it up, it was so hasty. Like we have to get it up right now that right. it was not really the best quality of structures. Right. Right. Um, which is is interesting. It's super, you know, super radioactive still. Um, I, I think it was actually just within the last five to ten years. Uh, there's some areas that we weren't even able to access with like drones or robots. Um, because mm-hmm. they were so radioactive and we're just so there's like the only pictures of inside of this area are really recent because it, it's been too radioactive even for equipment to go in there let alone wow. people uh, it's crazy it's, so, it's, it's like another planet like another world yeah so any like uh computer hardware will fail really really soon once you get in there uh pictures or cameras will be ruined if they get too close um so That's we're crazy. just now being able to send automated systems in to take pictures and videos and stuff wow that's nuts because i i remember it being in the news when all that kind of stuff was coming to light Mm -hmm. so we have uh also in 1986 we have the first triple organ transplant is performed (laughs) that's no big deal (laughs) 
<laughs> I feel like that's a huge deal. I feel like that's yeah, yeah. still <laughs> something that doesn't happen very often. Right, and it happened in 1986. Yeah. Like, what? I'm just curious to know what... I didn't dig super deep into it. I am curious to know what organs there are. What if they're... I can't imagine that it's like two, like all three major organs or probably not even three right. super major organs. It was probably like maybe heart or lung and then like kidney, which is pretty routine. Liver, mm-hmm. I think, is super routine. Right. Um, what, what, what if it was just like three lungs? Like they gave a person an extra lung? <laughs> well, it could be like two <laughs> lungs and a heart. Right. Or, or three hearts. <laughs> <laughs> give them some extra I think that's care. like superhuman <laughs> right <laughs> and so superman was born all right so moving on to 1987 we have the first disposable contact lenses sold i think i think leading up to this there were contacts but they they weren't like the they Def, they weren't like the monthly swap them out super often kind of thing we had today. I remember, I mean, I know contacts in the early days, they weren't, they were nothing like what people think they are today. Right. Uh, they were hard. They weren't, they weren't flexible. Yep. Um, yep. And I think that was having a hard contact, I think is probably more conducive to, you know, having a longer lifespan anyway. You know, you don't have to right. get new ones quite as often. Um, right. But this is 1987 disposable contacts being sold. You know, that's a pretty big change in the eyesight industry. I mean, there's so many people wear contacts today that, I mean, there's people that I know, I find out years after knowing them that they wear glasses not at work or, you know, they just wear contacts all the time. Right, right. It's their main form of sight is contacts instead of glasses. Right. Isn't that nuts? It's crazy. It, it is nuts. So, also in 1987, the Simpsons make their debut on the Tracy Ullman show. History is made. Yeah, no kidding. And I don't really know what the Tracy Ullman show is. Me neither. But it's kind of a cool name. <laughs> Tracy Ullman. <laughs> oh, boy. I feel like we should know what that is. Probably some crazy late night show kind of a thing, you think? Yeah, I would. I would imagine it's. I think it was The Simpsons probably started as like a. Uh, I don't really want to call it a skit, but it started probably as like a. A segment. Yeah, Tracy right. Ullman show was an American television variety show. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like the, the Simpsons were just like a bit. It was a bit. Right. Debuted on Fox on April 5th of 1987. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Cool. So it was it was less than a year old when The Simpsons started. Wow. And that's that's what made the Tracy Ullman show, really, ultimately. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, one of only one of those two are still going. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so... 1988, we didn't talk about it earlier in the decade, uh, but two years after the Challenger disaster, NASA's space shuttle program resumes. Right. And I was... The Challenger. I guess I was not aware that there was downtime in the space shuttle program between there. I mean, obviously there would have to be as, you know, there's an investigation and... Right. And obviously there's precautions that need to be taken and and uh, a whole list of red tape and stuff that has to be gone through before it would resume. But I guess hadn't really put much thought into it um, that it would be a full two years before we get the shuttle program back up and running. Right. Right. And then kind of like a side note, as we kind of near the end of the episode, it would be really, um, it's really interesting to kind of even almost see it obviously like on television. So dramatized, but to kind of get more of an insight and in kind of how that this could have gone down and what what happened, check out um, if you have Apple TV Plus, check out a show called For All Mankind because this kind of thing happened on the show, and it's crazy how the show kind of depicts the beh- the behind the scenes investigation and the work used to kind of find out the root of the problem 
and then allow the the program to resume. So for all mankind on Apple TV Plus, would highly recommend. Good show. Awesome. Oh yeah, it's still me. I apologize. This <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> uh, nineteen eighty-eight. Still, the site of the original Globe Theater is discovered by archaeologists in London. And so, for listeners who are not familiar with the Globe Theater, like I was before I looked it up, um, <laughs> this was actually the theater opened in. I believe it opened in the late fifteen hundreds. Uh, by William Shakespeare and his, uh, I cannot remember what, I specifically looked this up earlier today with intentions of adding it to the show notes and then I'm like, no, I won't do that, I'll just remember it. And then (laughs) I immediately did not remember it. As it's like one of the last points of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had all kinds of time to do it. So yeah, it was... Uh, theater in London, it was not necessarily opened by William Shakespeare, but it was a s- closely associated with William Shakespeare. Um, okay. It was built in the late 1500s by Shakespeare's play company, uh, the Lord Chamberlain's Men. So this is kind of a, it was kind of like a lost theater kind of deal. No one really knew it where it was at. Um, and it was famous, obviously, because of William Shakespeare himself. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it had been lost to ruin, uh, ever since was like mid 1600s, early 1600s, it was closed and then, uh, kind of lost through the centuries until the 1980s. Wow. That's kind of cool. It is. That is really cool. Discovery of the globe theater, discovery of Titanic all in the eighties. Yeah, That's all awesome. kinds of stuff being discovered in the 80s. I wonder if I would highly imagine that technology had a big part of that. Probably uh, ground-penetrating yeah. radar. Uh, I would imagine there was some sort of radar that was used uh, in detecting the Titanic. Um, right. Definitely technology advancements leading to that. Uh, moving forward, we have 1989. Berlin Wall is torn down at the end of the Cold War. Um, and... Coinciding with that, we also have the Nintendo Game Boy <laughs> portable video game system is released. Right. Yeah, there was an advertisement right when the Berlin Wall came down. So if you attended the Berlin Wall, you'd get a free Game Boy. You got a piece of the wall and a free Game Boy. Yep. And we'll say That's if people great. look that up, that is not true. Do <laughs> not hold not, us to that. It's not true at all. Yeah, don't, don't do that. <laughs> That's actually why they tore the wall down. Right. Is to be able to get the Have Game you, Boys with the wall up. There was yes. going to be no trade across the yes. East and West Germany. Right. And people needed to come together to play the Game Boy. It was influential. They even had trade cables for the Pokemon to be going back and forth. Yeah. I mean, there was an underground market for, of burying those tra- those trade cables under right. the wall so people right. could play. And so now people On are brought together, Game Boys. Brought, <laughs> brought together by the Game Boy. <laughs> Oh boy. Reagan was a big fan. Anyway, okay, go on. What's up? <laughs> That's part of the speech. You know, right, yeah. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. Because I want to play my damn play Game, Game Boy. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All right, so. Uh, that's it. I mean, obviously hitting the super high points of the 1980s. We do, some of them are kind of. Uh, bouncing around a little bit, not following any sort of order, but it did throw some other stuff down at the uh, uh, bottom of the list here. So in nineteen around nineteen eighty, uh, the first one gigabyte hard drive ever produced, ever well ever produced for consumer market, cost forty thousand dollars. That's almost as much as a house in nineteen eighty. Yes, and it weighed and, over five hundred uh, pounds. And, and you know what? We have 13 gigabytes on our Google Drive right now. Google yes. Drive for the podcast. Yes. And the, one gigabyte in 1980 cost 40000 My phone that it. goes in my pocket has 256 gigabytes. I have several terabyte hard drives that go in my tool bag for work. Oh, my God. Like it, <laughs> 200, 256 
times 40. Your phone is worth $10.2 million, my friend. Probably more than that because that's solid state and this would have probably been, I, I'm sure it would have been a spinning hard drive. Yes. <laughs> you have you have $12 million in your pocket right now. As soon as we start time traveling, uh, <laughs> we could make one heck of a racket taking 2020 oh technology God. and selling it come to up, past generations. We, we, <laughs> we got to come up with the stage name for the magic act. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's a All right. video well, machine that you can make calls on <laughs> in um, real time and i guess we're running oh my gosh we're running really long yeah. on this it's, one last okay. point we have the top gifts throughout the decade uh and these are more oriented towards uh like uh children's christmas gifts and that sort of thing so we have the nintendo games Nintendo's Game and Watch, uh, Rubik's Cube, and the Magna Doodle. Heck yes, I love it. The Magna Doodle. That's good Doodle. stuff. The Magna Doodle. And on that note, thank you so much for joining us for episode one oh one of Young Nostalgia. As always, we appreciate you being here along for the ride. We can't wait to bring you uh, triple-digit episodes for a very long time. If you enjoy what you hear, you can find us on all your favorite podcasting platforms: Google Play, Apple Podcast, Spitz. Spitz uh stitcher spotify <laughs> we're out there if you like what you hear please give us a kind five star and take about 10 seconds 12 10 and a half seconds 10 and a half to 12 12 seconds to 10 and a half seconds <laughs> write us a write us a review down at the bottom we'd love to hear from you if you have a show topic for the future want to be a guest on the show we'd love to have you give us an email at young pod at gmail.com anything else big guy no i think that was a uh kind of a, a good nice fun easy show after the 100th episode uh definitely stretched five minutes worth of content up to 50 minutes we're good um, at that we're, we're <laughs> like oh it's gonna be an easy breezy show it's like no this is like three shows packed into one <laughs> <laughs> that always happens that's okay it was worth it <laughs> so if this is any any indication of what's to come i cannot wait my friend yeah we're gonna slowly right. stretch our show out to three hour time slots Right. Be prepared. We're gonna we're gonna brainwash everybody, as we always say here on Young Nostalgia. <laughs> Keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>